0: As I said, um, I've changed the theme of our message this evening in light of uh, recent events. And um, I have to apologise, I've kind of cobbled together these thoughts at somewhat short notice uh, for obvious reasons. Uh, But what I'd like to do is just focus our attention on just uh, really one verse in particular in the Bible. Uh, It's a well-known verse, it's Isaiah chapter 6 verse 1 uh, Isaiah chapter 6 verse 1 reads in the year that King Uzziah died I saw the Lord sitting on a throne high and lifted up and the train of his robe filled the temple and in this verse um, we hear the words of Isaiah Isaiah who you may have noticed was mentioned at the end of the reading we had in 2 Chronicles chapter 26. He was a prophet of God during the reigns of Uzziah and those who followed him. And Isaiah chapter 6 was written, or the events written in it, happened in the year that King Uzziah died. What I'd like to do to start with is to just note... Uh, Two similarities between King Uzziah and Queen Elizabeth. And then look at one contrast, one difference. And uh, trustfully, we will learn uh, from God's word uh, uh, regarding the time we find ourselves in. Uh, So what's the first similarity between King Uzziah And Queen Elizabeth. Well, the first similarity is King Uzziah became king when he was young. Uh, He was only 16 years old. We read that in 2 Chronicles chapter 26. Uh, I don't know what uh, that must have been like for King Uzziah. Uh, I don't know if you know any 16-year-olds, but imagine them becoming the king or queen. Uh, Perhaps you would tremble at the thought of a 16-year-old becoming king. Uh, But that is how old King Uzziah was when he was made the king. And similarly, uh, our own queen was only 25 years old when she became queen. And uh, it was very unexpected. Um, Not many of us here will remember it. I think there are few who do. Uh, But she was on holiday uh, in or on a trip to Kenya, and heard the very unexpected news that the king had died, and she testified what a shock it was for her that this mantle had been placed upon her at such a young age and uh, so unexpectedly. That's the first similarity we see between King Uzziah and uh, our queen. Uh, She became, he became monarch at a very young age, and no doubt both were very conscious of their need of God. We saw that in the passage, didn't we? Uh, In 2 Chronicles 26, we saw how Uzziah was greatly helped by the Lord. Uh, It described in great detail, didn't it, how Uzziah did many mighty things, He did many wonderful works, but it tells us very clearly that it was because God helped him and he was very conscious of his need of God, at least the beginning of his reign, as was our Queen when she made her vow and she said uh, she asked for the prayers of the nation that she might govern in the way that she ought. So that's the first similarity. Uh, they became monarchs when they were very young, uh, but the second point of similarity is they both reigned a long time. Uh, obviously, our own queen uh, just marked 70 years of reign. I think I mentioned in the prayer that uh, very few of us uh, can remember a time when the queen was not the queen. Uh, she's been an ever-present person. Um, we've seen her face essentially every day on stamps and coins and banknotes she's been ever present uh, with her 70 years of reign and king Uzziah too reigned a very long time didn't quite get to 70 years but for 52 years king Uzziah was king of Judah Uh, he would have seen many come and go while he remained on the throne so that's the second similarity between King Uzziah and the Queen. Uh, he reigned a long time. But now for the contrast. Uh, we'll see the contrast, the difference between King Uzziah and Queen Elizabeth. Uh, you'll notice that King Uzziah did not have a good end, uh, his ending was not as good as his beginning. Uh, In the beginning, he was following God. He was listening to him. He realized his need of God's help and he looked to him. Uh, He looked to God's help in his life and he received wonderful help. Uh, Let me just read uh, what it says uh, in verse uh, verse 5. It says, he sought God in the days of Zechariah, who had understanding in the visions of God. And as long as he sought the Lord, God made him prosper. Uh, In verse 15, it says, and he made devices in Jerusalem, invented by skillful men to be on the towers and the corners and shoot arrows and large stones. So his fame spread far and wide, for he was marvelously helped till he became strong. He had such a promising beginning because he had his eyes fixed on God's. But tragically, uh, he had a bad end. Look at verse 16. It says, But when he was strong, his heart was lifted up to his destruction. For he transgressed against the Lord his God by entering the temple of the Lord to burn incense on the altar of incense. He became proud. He received all this help from God, but he forgot that it was through God's help. He thought it came from himself and he was lifted up in pride. That's such a warning for all of us. Uh, It's so tragic that we can be greatly blessed by God and yet that very blessing can become a temptation to us to think it's because of us. It's because of something good in us that God helps us and we can become proud when actually it's God's grace, it's God's mercy which he showers on all those who look to him. And tragically, uh, Uzziah became a leper and he was confined to his house uh, at the end of his life. Uh, Now our queen (laughs) largely was confined to her house, to some extent at least, towards the end of her life. Uh, But we've got no reason to think it was for the same reason that Uzziah was. Uh, As far as we can tell, the Queen remained a model of faithfulness to the end of her life. And we've got good reason to believe uh, that the Queen was a faithful follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, I was reading one of the obituaries uh, on one of the uh, Christian websites uh, just this last week. And the author of that obituary um, mentioned how he knew uh, it was either a chaplain of the Queen or someone in a query, someone who was close with the Queen, and uh, this person was in the privileged position of being able to have conversations with the Queen. And this man was a Christian, and he was convinced through his conversations with the Queen that she had a true and living faith. Obviously, we cannot know for absolute sure, but she certainly said things in her speeches which point to a faith in Christ. For example, in December 2000, She said, for me, the teachings of Christ and my own personal accountability before God provide a framework in which I try to lead my life. Uh, She acknowledged that although she was the queen, she had a king, and that king was Christ. Uh, Likewise, in uh, 2011, she said these words. She said, although we are capable of great acts of kindness... History teaches us that we sometimes need saving from ourselves, from our recklessness or our greed. God sent into the world a unique person, neither a philosopher nor a general, important though they be, but a saviour with the power to forgive. Uh, In those words, that sums up the gospel in uh, about as good a way as any, in a few words. She acknowledged that we need a savior. She needed a savior. Uh, we need saving from our recklessness, from our greed, from our deceit, from our lies, from our envy. And she too. So God sent a unique person into the world. There aren't many saviors, there aren't many ways to God. Jesus was a unique person. Uh, and he wasn't a general or a philosopher in the sense of the world. He was a saviour, because that's what we need. We need a saviour. We cannot save ourselves. It doesn't matter how much riches we have. It doesn't matter how religious we are. It doesn't matter how many good works we accrue over our life. What matters is, do we have a saviour? Do we know Christ? And as I say, uh, the Queen, as far as we can tell, modelled a faithfulness to Christ. She acknowledged her need of Him. And that's one difference between her and King Uzziah. Uzziah sadly ended badly. He uh, stopped looking to God, he stopped relying on God, and he started relying on himself. Trustfully, the Queen never did, but continued to look to Christ in her life. And she provided a model. Uh, of someone who we should seek to emulate. We sang that hymn, didn't we? May the mind of Christ my Saviour live in me from day to day. And it's striking when you look at the Queen's life, uh, how she lived to serve this nation. She sacrificed many things in order to serve this country, despite many ways in which the country didn't necessarily uh, give honour at all times like we should Uh, and in a very small shadowy way she illustrated the humility of christ who laid aside his crown and came to this world to serve us isn't that amazing to think about Uh, that the king of kings Decided to serve us, and he coped and he abided with those disciples who so often were lifted up with pride themselves, who made so many mistakes, who made so many uh, were so foolish in so many ways, and yet Christ stayed with them. He was faithful to them. He served them to the end, even to the death on the cross. And it's a challenge to us uh, as we rely on Christ trustfully and as we look to Him. Uh, do we show? A similar faithfulness to Christ. Um, the Queen gave her life to serve this nation. Christ gave up heaven that we might receive heaven. And yet the truth is, our commitment to him is often so small. Uh, despite the fact that Christ said that we must deny ourselves and take up our cross and follow him, sometimes we struggle to even commit to coming to church once a week or to come into a prayer meeting uh, these things seem to be too much of a burden on our time and we can't serve the king of kings the lord of lords uh, how different our heart can be how lacking in a servant heart we can often have and that was the difference between our queen and King Uzziah. Uh, he fell at the last hurdle. Uh, he fell at the end. He stopped relying on God. Trustfully, our queen did not. Uh, but that's not where this verse ends, Isaiah chapter 6. Uh, it starts with those words: uh, in the year that King Uzziah died. And he'd reigned for a long time. And you can imagine the uncertainty that happened as a result. The king is dead. We don't have to imagine it, do we? I'm sure we all feel it to some extent now. Uh, Someone who's been ever-present in our life is now gone. And no doubt this was the same sort of feeling that the people living at this time had. Uh, The king who had reigned for 50-odd years is gone. Who's going to come next? What's this going to mean for the nation? Uh, It was the end of an era. What will the next era be like These are the sort of questions, no doubt, which were going through the minds of people in the year that King Uzziah died. And it's the sort of questions, I'm sure, which are going through our minds right now. Uh, The Elizabethan age is over. Uh, What's going to happen next? Uh, What's in store for this country ahead? But look at what Isaiah saw in the year that King Uzziah died. Chapter 6, verse 1. In the year that King Isaiah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. The king was dead, but Isaiah looked up and he saw this vision of the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up. And let's be absolutely clear what isaiah saw here Uh, let's be clear about who he saw it says he saw the lord sitting on a throne but if you have a bible it might be helpful to turn to john chapter 12 verse 37 because in john 12 37 uh, we're told in more detail exactly who isaiah saw Uh, john chapter 12 verse 37 uh, speaking of jesus christ it says although christ had done so many signs before them they the people did not believe in him that the word of Isaiah the prophet might be fulfilled, which he spoke, Lord, who has believed our report, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Therefore they could not believe, because Isaiah said, he has blinded their eyes and hardened their heart, lest they should see with their eyes, lest they should understand with their hearts, and turn, so that I should heal them. Verse 41, these things Isaiah said when he saw his glory and spoke of him. Those verses quote from Isaiah chapter 6. And John tells us that who Isaiah saw was Jesus on the throne. Because Jesus is God manifested to human eyes. Whenever people saw God, whether in the Old Testament or in the New, it's always Christ they saw. Because we cannot know God the Father without God the Son. He is the one who mediates between us and God the Father. No man can see God the Father and live, but Jesus has revealed him to us. If you want to see God, we must look at Christ. And that is where we see him. And that is who Isaiah saw sitting on a throne, high and lifted up in the year that King Uzziah died. He saw Jesus sitting on a throne on the throne and the book of revelation picks up on this language uh, when john sees his vision of the risen christ and it picks up on this imagery from isaiah chapter 6 because jesus is the risen king seated on a throne high and lifted up now queen elizabeth uh, sat peacefully on the throne of england Uh, but the throne of england hasn't been historically peaceful uh, those of you who like history can look it up and see how many times it changed hands or changed seats. And uh, people sometimes took it by force. Uh, sometimes a new dynasty took over. And it's a very messy history of the throne of England with people fighting over it and people trying to seize it. But Jesus' throne is high and lifted up. Uh, it's high in heaven where no one can touch it. No one can seize Christ's throne from him. And no human being can reach their puny hand and take it from Christ. It's high in heaven where he will reign forever and ever and ever. Whenever king or queen dies in this world, Jesus will still be king. But it's not just that his throne is secure. It's also higher than any other throne. Uh, Book of Philippians, Paul tells us that Christ has been given the name above every name. Uh, he, his rule is above any other rulers. That's why he's called the king of kings and lord of lords. Now the queen had a, a certain amount of glory of her own, didn't she? I think it's probably true to say that she she's the most recognizable person in the world that's you know, fairly safe to say, given all the amount of coins and notes that she had her face on uh, across the world. Uh, the most recognisable woman in the world, and yet her glory pales into insignificance compared to Christ's. Um, I heard a story, actually, this last week, uh, of uh, apparently the Queen uh, was at Sandringham, the Sandringham Estate, and... Uh, she was uh, having, uh, um, I think it was uh, some someone had. I think she had a tea shop, and the Queen had gone to this local tea shop to um, get some cake, or something in the Sandringham area. And uh, as she came out of the shop, an elderly lady saw her and said, "My goodness, you look just like the Queen." And the Queen replied, "How reassuring! <laughs> How reassuring!" Uh, And so perhaps the Queen's uh, identity isn't always as her glory wasn't quite as wide as we might think. Uh, But like I say, her glory pales into insignificance compared to Christ, who has been given uh, the name above every name, whose glory fills the whole earth. Did you notice what it said at the end of verse 2? It says, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple Uh, the train of his robe filled the temple which is a picture of heaven now it might be tempting to hear that and you might think like uh, oh i wonder what was it made of Uh, what color was his train Um, But if we ask those sort of questions that really misses the point Uh, that's not the point of isaiah chapter six verse one the point is that jesus glory fills the whole earth uh, Jesus' glory cannot be compared to anyone else's glory uh, ultimately however glorious a person might be in this world however much riches they may gain, however big their crown is, however great their throne it cannot compete with Christ and that's the message of Isaiah chapter 6 verse 1 in the year King Uzziah died a great king of Judah, Isaiah saw the Lord high and seated on a throne. Let's remember that ourselves. Uh, However much we might be feeling uh, uh, disorientated to some extent, let's always remember that there is a higher king who always reigns. But in closing, let's just look at Isaiah's response to this vision because we're told what Isaiah, how Isaiah responds to this great and glorious vision of the king on his throne. And uh, notice what it says uh, in verse 5. It says, So I said, woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. Isaiah sees God in all his glory. He sees God in all his magnificence. He sees Christ in all his glory. And he looks at himself and he says, Woe is me, I'm undone. He realizes his own sin. He says, I'm a man of unclean lips. He thinks back to all the lies he's told. He thinks of all the evil thoughts he's thought. Uh, He thinks of all his greed, his envy, his jealousy. All these things, which I'm sure all of us can relate to. And he sees the glory. He sees the purity. He sees the holiness. The holiness, which is so holy that even the angels who are pure themselves have to cover their face and say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And Isaiah says, What can I do? I am so unholy. How can I survive in light of such holiness? And he, as it were, covers his face. He thinks, how can I stand before such a king? Look what happens next. Verse 6. It says, And one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a live coal, which he had taken with the tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away and your sin purged.'" An angel comes with some tongs and he goes to the altar the place of sacrifice and he takes on the coals and he places it on Isaiah's lips and he tells him your sin is forgiven that's a beautiful picture of what Christ has done for all who trust in him uh, the o- angel took it from the altar and that altar pictured the sacrifices that pe- the people of Israel had to offer whenever they sinned they had to offer a sacrifice to acknowledge that death was the result of sin Uh, That their sin deserved death. And the lamb or the goat which they put on that altar acted as a substitute for them. The lamb had to die instead of them. And it was a picture of the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, Jesus Christ. Uh, Jesus stepped down from his throne, he came to this world, and he died on the cross. So that although we are unworthy, Although we are like Isaiah, although like Isaiah we can say, woe is us, for we are undone, because we are people of unclean lips and unclean thought and unclean lives. Despite all the evil we have done, if we turn to Christ, we can receive complete forgiveness because of what he did on the cross, which was the greatest altar in history. And trustfully, uh, the Queen... (laughs) understood that for herself now, you might remember just a few years ago in one of her queen speeches she said these words uh, she said the carol in the bleak midwinter ends by asking a question of all of us who know the christmas story of how god gave himself to us in humble service what can i give him poor as i am if i were a shepherd i would bring a lamb if i were a wise man i would do my part The carol gives the answer, yet what I can give him, give my heart. That's what our response should be to Christ. Initially our response should be, woe is us. What can we do when we have such a great and glorious and holy king? But then we run to that king who died for us and we give him our heart. That's all he asks for us. He doesn't ask of us to give money. He doesn't ask of us to go on a pilgrimage. He doesn't ask of us all the things which the world so often values. All he wants is our humble hearts, acknowledging our need of him. The Queen, we trust, was a model of that for us, for each of us. And let's pray and let's hope that our new king will also such a humble attitude towards christ but in closing what about us Uh, what will we do Uh, in the light of recent events and in this time of uncertainty who will we look to Uh, will we look to things in this world to satisfy us uh, to comfort us to help us or will we look to the king high and lifted up seated on his throne where will we go for our comfort and with those thoughts in mind. I want to close by singing a final hymn and you'll see it in our service sheet and I've chosen this hymn because uh, in, in many ways you could almost, if I could say this reverently, uh, these words in this one sense or another apply to the Queen uh, but obviously they're spoken of God and we can sing them in the way that God has used the Queen in our lives and it's a hymn which testifies to the way god is faithful to us even when we are unfaithful to him and it looks at all the ways in which god helps all those who trust in him lord for the years your love has kept and guided urged and inspired us cheered us on our way sought us and saved us pardoned and provided us provided lord of the years we bring our thanks today so let's close lifting our eyes to God.